Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today, we've got a former guest. His name's Josh McCormick, and he was on about three years ago. And if you remember the episode, he was building a 12-valve budget build for UCC. And we had him on to talk about the whole build itself and how he approached it. And he wanted to show how you could make big power and do it within a budget. And since that time, he's been on a, a really incredible journey into the diesel performance industry, into performance in general, and a lot of things that he's went through. So we wanted to catch up with him today, chat with him about what's transpired from then till now. And he's also going to give us a walk around his truck. So if you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, you definitely want to do that. Just search the Diesel Podcast and you'll be able to see videos like this where the guest is going to walk us around the truck, show us the engine, whatever they may be talking about on the episode, you're going to be able to see it. So if you want more information and want to be able to visualize what it is that we're chatting about, we encourage you guys to do that. All right, let's get to the podcast with Josh and chatting about his UCC truck and his journey since we chatted with him last. Josh, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. We had John. Gosh, I don't know if it was two or three years ago when you were building a UCC truck 12-valve budget build, which was really cool. And now we've got another UCC truck behind you, a lot's changed. So I'm excited to chat with you today and see what you've been up to. Yeah, I think it's been about three years, boss. It's been, it's been a while. Yeah, it goes by fast, doesn't it? It does. It really does. <laughs> well, for, for our listeners that didn't catch that episode, I encourage you guys to do that. If you're looking to be able to kind of follow a blueprint for how to make really good power, be competitive and do it on a budget. Josh talked a lot about that, but from that UCC to now, how have things changed for you? What are you doing? You know, what, uh, what kind of stuff you been up to? Um, well, I moved, uh, from the Midwest out to Southwest Utah. Um, I now work for power driven diesel. Um, I started out in sales and then I transferred into, uh, I'm now the shop manager. Uh, and then I do most of our engine building here as well. Uh, so a life change getting moved out here. Uh, my wife was definitely a lot happier because we're closer to her family again. Um, and we kind of, after trying to qualify two years with a 12 valve and the first year we broke the axle in the sled pole. And then the second year we melted the pistons out of it, uh, at the drag strip. I knew some things needed to change and I kind of took a break for a while. Uh, the truck behind me was my, was my tow truck at the time. And then I turned it into kind of a do everything daily driver. Uh, it was like right at a thousand horse, um, we sled pulled dirt dragged dyno competition, drag raced it. Uh, the engine let go at the last event of the year. Um, we bent all the connecting rods in that one. I think uh, I saw a video of that on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We tore it all apart, um, and then we went through three engines last year, and we were just kind of plagued with trying to do it all in a wet block uh, without any kind of deck plate or sleeves, um, and then 
Uh, we had a piston just eject out of the block. And then my bosses were nice enough to let me borrow another block. And we used that one for the remainder of the year. Um, and we were just at the limits of cast pistons. We couldn't get forged pistons in time. So we had triple turbos, lots of nitrous. And we went out to Ohio and uh, ended up having a pretty nasty fireball on the dyno. Um, we put a hole in that block and split probably two or three pistons, just cracked them in half. Uh, and that ended our, ended our journey there. Um, and then on the way home, my tow truck coming down the continental divide through, uh, uh what was that? I, I don't know. Fresco, Frisco, Colorado. Um, my tow truck engine <laughs> shot a rod out the side of that block too. So it was a rough year. And, um, you know, I kind of, I had to dig pretty deep. You, you kind of get depressed after failing so many times, especially you get all the, the really ultra supportive comments on social media, you know? And uh, I had to regroup and um, I ended up going out to DNJ Precision Machine. Drew was nice enough to let me go out there. Um, I got to help put together my deck plate enforcer engine. Um, I got to, you know, be a part of that. That was huge. I told Drew, I was like, dude, it's so hard for me to like have somebody else build this thing. Like I got to <laughs> at least be there. And uh, he was, the whole crew out there was awesome. I got to put a lot of it together um, with his engine builder, Gene over there. And they were really just a great group of guys. Um, and then we started testing. Uh, the crew over at Firepunk had a smoking deal on a GT55. Um, so we started testing and everything that we've done on this truck this year, uh, whether it's testing out the suspension for drag racing, um, we did a lot of dynoing and everything is looking good. We have a lot more data than we used to have with the 12 valve and it's not, I don't hate 12 valves. It was just so hard to try and get a truck to do all three events. Like where I work, obviously it's predominantly 12 valves. There's me and Meyer that run around with our common rails, but um, I see the struggles that like Will and Todd have with trying to get a truck that makes a lot of power down the drag strip, trying to, you know, get it all to the sled pull. So I'm sticking with the, the common rail stuff. Um, and really the last three years have just been learning the ins and outs of them and tuning and with everything going on in the climate with the EPA and stuff, just really trying to push a cleaner diesel message. Like, and I'm not out here saying one thing, doing another, like I have a 2021 truck that we're doing emissions on tuning with, uh, cause I, I really don't want to, you know, do anything with it crazy. And then my 07 truck that I daily drive, uh, we built a engine for that and we're trying out some really big dynamite diesel injectors and they are just proven to be really clean. So just with all that being said, it's just been a learning curve over the 12 valve stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we paid our entry fee and we're going to go out to Indy and see. Um, I, I looked at the list of guys this year and it, it's kind of, it's interesting this year, there's a lot of familiar names and it's kind of weird to now be in a spot where, like these are my friends now that I'm competing with, you know, and like I know a lot of these guys and I've seen them come up in the world too. Uh, like, especially like David Petrick, me and him always go back and forth and we're good friends. And it's really cool to just see a new, I guess, generation of diesel guys coming out. So it'll be, I think this UCC will be a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of guys that are coming back with even better setups. And then I think there's a lot of us new guys that, are just trying to make our mark on the world, you know? 
Yeah, it's definitely, I think with last year and most of everything being shut down, it gave a lot of companies and, and racers time to think about their setup and what they wanted to do and, and have not have the time crunch. And I saw you had mentioned that as a caption on Instagram. I don't know if it was today or yesterday, but you said races are one in the shop, not at the track or something like that. And I wanted to ask you about that because for a long time, I think with the performance side, it was just, it was a mad dash to try to get the truck done to get off work on a Friday, drive across country, you know, or a thousand miles away, go race it, come back. Whereas now it's much more of a team and a process. And I think like the data you mentioned and the things you're able to get, I wanted to ask you about that as far as competing is what has that allowed you to do? So when you show up at UCC, how much more information or how much more confident are you going to be with three different events than say three years ago when you took the 12 valve there? I mean, we have an AEM standalone data logger in the truck. Uh, Jeremy Gray got us set up with an 849 ECM in this. So we have EFI Live now, which opened up a ton of windows for us. Um, and and really, it's you can see the problem before it becomes a catastrophe. You know, we have ways to lock turbo speed to make sure we have our wastegate set right for the dyno, especially when you add a lot of nitrous. We're able to see all the EGTs of all six cylinders and uh, add water when needed to cool them down and keep them all really balanced. Um, at the drag strip, you know, we do a lot of simulated dyno runs of a drag strip and you figure out when you need to shift to avoid the peak torque. And then another big thing, I mean, with the 12 valve with high timing, you kind of kill a lot of the torque anyway, but being able to pull a lot out of these trucks down low. So if you do shift spike them, you know, the blocks don't come apart. And there's been a lot of innovation in the last two years. I mean, I, I was, you know, I love the guys over at DDP, Lenny, Skyler, Matt, all of them are just, you know, world-class guys. And I've been with them for six years and just seeing the progression of fuel injection technology with, I mean, I, I look back at my old 150s that at the time I thought were great. And now I look at these 240s I have, or even the the 500% overs that are in this truck. And it's like, wow, we've come a long way in a really yeah. short. I, I think COVID really just kind of, it forced everyone to, to just practice. And I almost wonder, like, I don't know if UCC should go to every year, but I can tell you that if I would have taken this truck last year, it probably would have been a colossal explosion. And I think now this year, like, I'm putting in a fuel cell. I'm putting Viking shocks in like we're not building an engine or trying to, you know what I mean? We, we did a lot of the testing last year and figured out, I mean, I had the same 48 RE in my 05 the whole year. And the only thing I burned up was two second gear bands. I mean, four or five years ago, that would have been clutches, steels, converter, you, you know, and oh, it's yeah. just, uh, you know, I, I look at even like with injection pumps, you know, the extra G 14 races, like, they're going a hundred thousand miles without issues. I remember the old 14s, you'd get a little water in there and you're blowing the freeze plugs out of the side of them and stuff. It's just, it, uh, as an industry, like everybody's really, really stepped up their game and it, it's been cool. And, um, I think you had somebody on from BD, just, there's a lot more guys now that are going camping and like the UTV market's insane right now. Like there's a lot of guys doing more with their trucks than they used to. And they're not happy with, factory level stuff and it's just i mean the racing stuff trickles down to the everyday daily driver and um what we're able to do now compared to ucc 2019 i mean it it's way different 
a lot different. You had mentioned with the 2021 truck you have and the trend towards clean diesel performance. And I know there's so much going on in diesel in general with, you know, talk of the RPM Act and what is a race vehicle and, um, you know, carb approval or not approval, I guess they call it carb testing, EPA testing, all those things. And I think what's so important that, you know, if I was to ever have a conversation with somebody on the other side of what is, what can be allowed on road is what you guys do at the track and the racing directly translates towards what these daily drivers can get, whether, you know, BD was talking about turbo testing, or there's tons of different companies that are out there putting their products through this. And I think it starts at the racetrack. And if I think back to the first UCC or the one you were at or any of them, you can see how the trucks progressively got cleaner going down the track, but they're not going slower. They're going faster. I, I saw like Matt Sander made a post yesterday with his BMW and there was a, a silver truck right next to it. And I mean, four years ago, you wouldn't have been able to see that race for another 15 seconds as the smoke cleared. And like you actually, you know, especially like the fire pump truck doing threes, like it's incredible to see how clean. And I think, I think it's good for our image as an industry, but it's also cool for the fans because you can be at the starting line and see the whole race versus, you know, four or five years ago, you were like, wow, that's a lot of smoke. I wonder who won, you know, <laughs> you're like, I mean, being the flash, um, and it's, you know, whether you, whether you like it or not, I mean, there's a ton of different opinions on it. Uh, it, I look at it like the gas industry got this huge squeeze in the eighties, nineties, and now we have 700 horsepower minivans from rant or from Dodge, you know, it's like the diesel trucks, like my 2011, it was terrible with emissions and stuff. And now I look at my 21, I was towing a gooseneck trailer with a truck on it up a 6% grade going 80 miles per hour. Um, and just what you're able to do with the tuning. And I ended up teaming up with calibrated power, but, uh, you know, what they're able to do testing wise and how clean they can still keep the EGR and stuff. I, I, I would have a really hard time buying the, I want to delete my truck on these 1921s because they just run so good and I can punch it. There's no smoke. It's quiet. And, you know, my wife and kids love it. They can sleep now when they're going, when we're going down the road. And it's, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there'll always be an argument about some farmer guy, but for most people, like, you know, you bought a diesel truck, you know, these are the consequences you got to get. You buy a brand new, you know, Mopar car or Ford or Chevy, they have cats on it. Like, I mean, welcome to 2020, you know? Now, do you think, and, and we didn't script this episode at all. We never do, but it's always fun to just kind of take take ideas as they come. Do you think we're ever going to see a competition, say something like UCC, where all the trucks have to have the emissions components on and they're not, they're maybe making seven, 800, 900 horsepower and that's the new envelope to push? I mean, so King of the Street is an event that happens in Ohio, Sarah. Uh, puts it on she actually changed so now there's two events the same weekend you have king of the street which is emissions on trucks and then the all truck challenge which would be like what this 05 would be for um and it's funny because i was talking to a couple buddies of mine i was like you know you get enough because these trucks want to run really clean like if you look at like the air fuel and you start to i got one of those banks data monsters and i started looking at how the scr works and the dpf works because to me, it's just a new obstacle for horsepower, you know? And it's like, how do we do that? Could we run two DPFs? Could we get like a 15 liter DPF system in there and, and buy enough time? And 
we were talking like compound turbos with some bigger injectors and you just spray the nitrous to get the air there, you're going to end up burning a lot more DEF in the SCR system. But I honestly think this year at Sarah's challenge, I think we might see seven, 800 horsepower. I can tell you that my 2021 does just over 500 bone stock. Um, the only thing it's got is emissions on tuning and it does 500 horsepower. And I was towing a trailer. I was getting 10 miles a gallon unloaded. I'm getting 18, 19. I mean, is it five, nine fuel economy numbers? No, but the other thing a lot of guys seem to forget is the second gens and the third gens. They're, they're a lot lighter than the fourth gens. And then if you want to call it a fifth gen, um, you know, my mega cab, my 21 mega cabs, 8,200 pounds. My 06 mega cab was like 7,800 pounds. So as they keep adding all the creature comforts, these trucks are getting heavier and, you know, you're not going to get more fuel mileage as stuff gets heavier, you know? So I, I, I don't know, man. I, I see both sides of the argument and I used to be dead set on the emissions off argument and I started reading up on it and I saw the writing on the wall probably four years ago, really. And I couldn't afford a new truck and I didn't want to buy a used emissions on truck because the short tripping of those things is really hard on them. Uh, and uh, I was finally able to get my own brand new one and uh, I'm, I'm all in. Like I, I, I know there's kits out there to make it better, but I'm going to just leave it the way it is and ride out the storm. Yeah. I think that that's definitely going to be, to be the, the future of it. And I, I mean, I had a guest on the other day and we were talking about an OBS Ford. And I asked him, you know, what got you into diesels originally? And I think we all are like this is the idea was we could buy a three quarter, one ton truck. We could buy a tuner for it. It's going to add 150, 180 horsepower and exhaust and intake probably have to do a transmission and you could still drive it, still tow with it, take it to the track, have fun. And it, it provided this platform to own that was different than a gas truck, a car, anything like that. It kind of did everything. And on those early emission models trucks, it was like, well, yeah, I have this really nice Dodge interior. I love the leather seats. I love the dash, but you know, I'm having issues with the O2 sensor, the DPF or the EGR or whatever it is, but they've gotten to the point now where they're so efficient at what they do and are designed to do. I think the next step is, Hey, now I can get this compound charger kit. I can get these other parts and I go to King of the street challenge and make 800 horsepower, 750. It kind of adds in that element of, I can have an 8,200 pound truck that's fun to drive, makes a lot of power. And my family doesn't mind going on a, a road trip with me and we can hear each other talk <laughs> across the seat. And you don't have to look over your shoulder. I mean, that was, yeah. that was a big thing for me as we go to California, we go to Oregon, we go to Washington, we go to a lot of these States that are very strict on it. And every time I drove through it with my 2011, I was just, I was nervous, you know, cause I'm towing a gooseneck. I clearly have a competition vehicle that's all stickered up. Like they're already looking at it. Like, I bet you that thing's modified too, you know, and it, it's a breath of fresh air. And, you know, I get a lot of people can't always afford a brand new truck. I, I was there. Like I, I saved a long time for this one. Um, but I think the future is bright. And, you know, I, I get on social media and I see all these guys going back and forth and I'm just like, you know, I, I, I went to, uh, Utah Highway Patrol and the sheriff for this truck because I was like I don't I don't know what to do with it and I talked to the DMV and there's nothing 
for this truck. Like I, I still have to register it to prove ownership, even though I, I really don't drive this on the street. Um, and I think just getting a way to register it. But I think the other thing is we need to swallow our pride and realize that an intake to an exhaust isn't a race truck either. And I think that's the big fight there is everybody thinks this RPM act is just going to make everything go away. And it's, it's really for trucks like this that they're trying to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. We had uh, an emissions layer on and we were asking him about the, the RPM act and what it does and doesn't do. And, and all the things that are involved in it. it's such a, it's such a complex topic, but I, you know, I always come back to, well, two things, owning a truck and just being an enthusiast and a fan and, and wanting to have fun with my vehicle, but then also doing this podcast and being in and around the diesel industry for so long, I've gotten to know a lot of companies and a lot of shops and it's, it's not just, you know, the government doesn't say, Hey guys, just don't do this anymore, please. We ask that you not do this. There's real penalties, real fines, and even in some cases, criminal things that happen. And so it's no joke. I mean, it has to evolve and it has to do it quickly. And that's what I've been really excited about the last year, a couple of years, is seeing the companies, they're saying, okay, well, we're going to invest in how are we going to get this compound charger kit to fit with, this, with the EGR and the stock downpipe? How are we going to tune this thing? Um, what are we going to do with the CP3 or, you know, even injectors are getting to the point where they have carb testing. And yeah. that's, I think that's needed to just keep our favorite diesel companies alive and have a website to go to to order parts. Yeah, no, I think... I think you're either going to fight it out and end up really heartbroken or adapt with the times and be successful. I, I look at like, you know, some of the companies got hit early on, like ATS and stuff. Like, I mean, they're still doing cool things. I mean, I, I watch, I watch a lot of YouTube. I watch your podcast quite often. The emissions lawyer one, I think I listened to it two or three times because I was just genuinely curious about it. Uh, Cause I got a, a really good friend of mine going through, uh, that whole situation. And I'm just, you know, he can't talk about it because his lawyer said not to talk about it, but I, as a friend, want to be empathetic towards the situation. So I try to figure out what exactly he's going through and you start reading about the criminal stuff and, you know, the, the driven podcast when you had Ryan Milliken on about uh, what he went, the, the Corey Willis and stuff. And you're just like, they don't care how many people they destroy. They have their target and, you know, it's, it sucks. And I've seen a lot of name pointing after one shop gets hit, another one gets hit. And I can tell you right now, we're never going to survive this if that's the way we attack it. You know, it's, it's gotta be a whole, you know, organization wide. Um, I'm just, I'm really happy. I work at a place that didn't do all the deletes and stuff. Like we've never, we never did it and, and we're not going to. And I know I have a really good job security because, you know, the owners of where I work, thought ahead and didn't want to, you know, bite into that forbidden fruit. And I just, I hope that all the good companies survived that, that did. I wanted to chat with you a little bit about that 2021 because I saw a post that you did and you, you, it's, it's a beautiful truck. And, you know, a lot of times on social media, we'll see these new trucks and people, you know, in the comments be like, man, must be nice. Well, I wish I could do that. And I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about that because it's not what, that's not what you were doing. I wanted to ask you about that journey and, and what it was like to be able to purchase that first new truck and, and, and how hard you had to work for, because there's a lot of listeners out there that are going to identify that want to do that. And, 
it, it can be so hard, especially now with how the economy is and just the, everything else. They're like, man, am I ever going to get there? Am I ever going to be able to go into a, a Ram dealership and get that 3,500 mega cab or, you know, and, and I thought it was really inspirational. So I wanted to have you chat with us about that. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Yeah, man. Um, I, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Last, last year was rough. Um, you know, it was rough at work. It was rough on the home front. Um, I really took a motivational beating. Um, and you just gotta, you gotta find the motivation. You know, you had that gentleman on, I forgot his name. Um, he was talking about his health and stuff and that, (laughs) it makes you realize like as a man, like it's, it's so ingrained into that we have to be okay. You know, and my wife, you know, she, she didn't even know what we were going through. Like we were verge of bankruptcy last year. It was, it was rough. And, um, I just, I had to change who I hung out with. You know, I, I changed, you know, the people I surrounded myself with and, um, it's hard to, to ask for help, you know? And, um, basically I just, I looked at my kids and I was like, dude, I gotta, I gotta pull through this somehow. Like, uh, and I was about to sell everything I owned to just barely get by. And I started, um, doing YouTube. So I, on Instagram, I've always posted a lot of stories. I answer people's questions. Like I, I didn't get to where I'm at, whether you think I'm successful or not is your opinion, but I didn't get to where I'm at in the industry by dumb luck by, I just figured it all out of myself. I don't owe anybody anything. Um, and I had to, you know, I had to figure out what I needed. And I, I bought, I, I remember I called Lenny and I was like, Hey, I'm thinking about this idea for YouTube. What do you think? I was like, it was right before the presidential election. And I, I was like, man, I'm really nervous, you know, yada, yada. And Lenny was just like, you need to go for it. And then I called my dad and he said the same thing. So I bought that 2007 with the last bit of money that I had at the time. And I started modifying it on YouTube. And my whole goal was just to go from sock to a thousand horse and show everyone all the struggles, whether it was right, wrong, indifferent. And um, realistically, just finding that, that love for diesel again. I mean, this, I left Illinois when I was a kid, joined the Marine Corps, got out. I worked for Peterbilt and then I worked for Crown. And then I came here and I found my passion. And this has always been like my escape from reality. And after so many explosions and failures, you're just like, holy cow, like, how do I recover from this? You know, it's not the final side. It's not the the mental side it's just like the whole the whole message you know of how do you how do you pick up where you left off and luckily for me I found it and I just started working really hard uh I got in touch with some investors and I started to save some money um I started doing a bunch of side work then I did YouTube and now YouTube's actually turning out to be quite a bit of 
extra income for me that I had no idea. Uh, and then we ended up doing some stuff uh, on our financial side to free up some. And I had been saving money for four years for a new truck. Like I, I knew I wanted it and it, sometimes it was five bucks. Sometimes it was 10 bucks. Sometimes it was a thousand bucks. And, uh, you know, it finally came that time. And I mean, really, I feel like one of my buddies posted this on Facebook a long time ago. And he said, if you came out of 2020 without a side hustle, you failed. And at the time I kind of laughed at it, like what a joke that is. And then I started to think about it and I literally left 2020 with way more income than I ever had going uh, into 2021. And it, it was just, you can either give up or you can keep going. And I chose to keep going and pulled myself out of a really dark spot. And now looking forward to racing this year, we got the new truck and it was, it was crazy. Like you go to the dealership and, you, you like look at all these trucks and, you know, I always see guys post their new stuff and I don't know, for me, I'm not like really jealous. I just, I'm always like, I think about how hard I work to get mine. And I'm like, yeah. I assume people work really hard to get theirs. You know, it's like um, you see successful business owners buy new stuff and you're like, some people are like, wow, this guy must not do anything. And he just blows all his money. And then I look at it now from a different perspective of like, that guy probably worked his butt off to get where he's at. And, you know, it's a fine line. You, you walk like I had one guy on YouTube comment, like, you know, you're not hiding it from anybody. Like you paid this much for that truck. And if you don't want to have any negative comments, don't post about it. And it just made me realize that no matter how you try to justify it, somebody's always going to think that it was handed to you. And then you're going to have people that respect the hustle that it took to get there. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, you just got to change your mindset really. Um, I, I mean, I'm no stranger to hard work, but sometimes you need a good reminder and, and respark the passion. And once your once your passion's back, like I started doing better at work, I did better at home, you know, and, and this stuff took off and it's been a lot of good times. Well, that was the thing that grabbed my attention is I knew it really wasn't even about the truck. Like, I mean, the truck's nice, but it was about the process of how you got it. And that's what I always like to have. It's really what, what is, I'm passionate about with the podcast. I love talking about parts and stuff, but, you know, a lot of times we see this part number on a website, right? We're like, oh, well, that's what I need. Or we see this write up or whatever it might be. But there's so many stories. Like you mentioned, Lenny Reed, he was on talking about being like six figures into debt, tax debt with his business. And like, what am I going to do? And David from Hoosier Diesel, you know, sitting in an ER room and they're like, you just had a heart attack. You're going to die if you don't change your life. And, you know, what you're talking about, and a lot of these stories that we don't know, like, you know, we see your trucks, we see at UCC, we see Lenny, you know, on his YouTube videos and, and we don't know the story, but that's what I think makes this industry so special is, you know, you call up Lenny and say, Hey man, I'm thinking of starting a YouTube channel. What do you think? And he's like, go for it. And somebody probably reaches out to you and says, Hey Josh, I'm thinking about doing this, man. You think I should do it? And you say, yeah. And so it's a big industry, but it's not that big. And wow. these stories are so, they're so inspirational. And I think especially now with what's going on, how isolated people have been, they're unsure about their finances, their careers, all this stuff, they just get, they're stuck. And just because 
just because we're in diesel and we're into racing, we're into parts, doesn't mean there's not pe- people within our own community that feel that way. So I always like to find out what these stories are, these things that make you guys tick and, and go. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really small world. And I mean, uh, the gentleman from Hoosier Diesel, I just like when I when I listened to that podcast, I was listening to my wife and we were just kind of looking at each other every once in a while. And I was like, my story is different than his, but I was like, it's the same problem that all of us men have. Like you just figure it out. And like, for me now being on the other side of it, hopefully for the last time, you know, it's like, you got to set the goals and you got to find something to keep the spark alive. And I feel like as guys, like there's very, I I can think of maybe two people in my phone that I could actually call with a problem like that. But then you're like, what are they going to think of me? You, you know, because it's all about it's all about how you feel it. And it's a really complicated problem that I feel like most guys have. And some people might think I'm a moron, but I think deep down inside, they kind of know I'm, I'm on to something. There is like when you get that bad, you got to you got to nobody's going to help you if, you if you don't say anything. And I hope it's it's not too late. You know, I lost a, a really good friend he took his life and I was just like, you don't even see it coming. You, you know what I mean? It, it's crazy. And it's, you know, episodes like that, you know, he was worried about getting teared up and stuff. Like, I feel like it's okay. You know, and yeah. as I'm older now, I've, I've realized that some of the, the failures in my old ways, and that was a big milestone when I was 16 in high school, I had this teacher that made us write down life goals. And for my 30th one, it was to buy a new truck. And that was how that 21 happened. I I turned 30 in March and three weeks later I had it. And it's just crazy to like, I didn't even realize it at the time, but I literally tried to live my life by my 16 year old goals. And some of them have been cakewalks and some of them have been really hard. And uh, I guess the message really is like, if you need help, like you got to ask somebody. Yeah, I remember when you were just chatting there, it reminded me like it being, I don't know, sometime in that first year doing the podcast, maybe second year. And, you know, I was in a a dark place too, thinking, man, I'm in my thirties. What the hell am I doing? Like, you know, my family's like, why don't you go get a real job? Why don't you go do something else? Like, you know, you don't seem, you know, you don't have these things. You don't have the stuff that you used to do. You had to give up your hobbies and, I remember looking around and I thought, you know, I, I'm in the diesel industry. I'm in the diesel community and I'm not hearing people talk about this. I can't quit on it because I know there's people going through similar things. I know there's these other, these other stories and, you know, we can listen to other podcasts. We can jump on Joe Rogan. We can jump on these other things, but we're all here because we love diesel. So let's be real. And let's talk about the things that are going on so that when you see, you know, when somebody sees you at UCC, they know more about you. They know what you went through and, and they might not even talk to you about your truck. You know, we've had some guests, um, you know, it was Dorian from PSE was like, yeah, I take my race truck out and, you know, a guy will come up to me and he just starts crying. They're not even talking about the truck. They're talking about their shared experience in the military. And I'm like, that's what it's about. That's what we need to talk about. Like, yeah, the, we'll talk about turbos. And I know we're going to get to your truck here in a second, do a walk around, but like, man, that's what, that's what lights my fire. If we can help one person, we can inspire somebody. And there's been a lot of, a lot of really cool stories I've heard from former guests about things that, that, uh, you know, they heard a show and they're like, man, I'm going to go do this. You know, one guy, I think, I don't remember who I had on, but he was talking um, or listening to it. And him and his wife sat there and they're like, 
we're going to start our diesel shop. We just need to do it right now. And I'm like, you got that off the episode? He's like, yeah. And we went and did it. And, you know, it's three or four years later. And I'm like, man, that's why I do these things. That's why I sit here with, with the, a mic here and, you know, do this stuff is for those stories. So I appreciate you opening up, talking about that. And I know someone's going to hear it, identify with it. And I hope they reach out to you. And, uh, you know, if there's any questions or inspiration that they need, you know, you can give it to them. And, you know, you've got a really cool truck behind you that I definitely want to see my eyes keep shifting on the screen yeah. to see to see it. So, yeah, man, if you want to walk us around it and show us the engine. And, um, I'm going to flip this around here if I can yeah. figure it out. Let's see here. Yeah, I don't know if we can flip it around. But so, yeah, this is the – this truck's a 2000 five it was a 3500 single rear wheel truck um we now have a deck plate uh enforcer from dnj uh it's a six seven uh standard bore and then obviously with the deck plate there's like that one inch of um billet steel plate there and then there's sleeves that go down and then he tie bars the plate into the block um as far as wet box go in my opinion probably one of the best setups that i've seen um I'm also really excited to try out a Waggler kit here shortly for another project. And then, uh, as LaVon put it, this turbo has gone faster than I ever will in my life. Uh, this was Josh Scruggs's old GT55 uh, 33, so it's a 91 millimeter. Um, and then it's got an industrial 1.37 housing on it. We have the Steed Speed. Um, reason why the Steed Speed is not one is we're going to compound we run two setups. We have the single turbo and then the compound turbo setup. Uh, we still run a factory radiator. We have one of the on three intercoolers. You guys can see some of the AEM sensors here. Uh, and then we have two extra G14 mil race pumps, EDP injectors. Uh, just, I mean, a lot of companies involved. We got all the vibrant fittings, Vangens, uh, DNR Customs built us our catch can. Um, we have a fleece dual pump kit. We're switching to an extra G billet rail. We got this beautiful thing here that Lenny uh, sold to me. This is his, uh, I want to say it's either 27 or 3,000 horsepower HX82 from Jeb that Lenny, uh, he was like, hey, if you're going to UCC, you need to buy this turbo. And <laughs> Lenny, Lenny to me has always been a really good person to look up to just his positivity and just being able to go get it uh and then we did a roll cage uh my buddy shad did this i was a glorified welder's helper um but i'm really proud to say that two two dumb utah people were able to pass tech cert um and then we have a full manual valve body uh from power driven with one of our 2000 horse 48 re's in here um i did all the kirky modifications and then we did it on a factory uh, seat for right now. Uh, the back is pretty empty. Uh, just roll, roll cage. Uh, as you guys can see here, the bed. I was actually working on this last night. Um, we're going to put a fuel cell in, get rid of some of the factory stuff, and mount a shock bar here for some Viking uh, dual adjustable shocks. Uh, and then on the driver's side, we have... Our two AirDog 200s, each 14 gets its own 200 gallon per hour pump. CJ over there always gets us taken care of. And then on this side, we have um, our steering wheel. Obviously, this is one of the NRG kits. 
and then we have our AEM standalone data logger. And it's a, it's a lot of work. And I, I look at this truck and I see stuff that I welded on, you know, four years ago. And you're just like, wow, we've, we've come a long way. Uh, but yeah, really excited. Um, obviously, we have fluid damper stuff on here. We run, we have six nitrous solenoids on the truck. I don't know if I'm quite on Derek Rose's level as far as nitrous injected in my lifespan, but I certainly uh, have a lot more than the, the average person. Uh, and then some of the things you can't see, we have uh, Yukon chromoly axles. These are the 38 spline with their locker in the back. And we welded the tubes because the AAMs like to twist. And then we have their upgraded axles in the front. Again, uh, you know, my bosses have that killer sled pole setup that everybody really likes with the six cut pulling tires. Uh, for us, we're going to keep it a little bit more uh, simple and we're just going to run factory axles with some DOT tires on all six. Uh, and then for drag racing, we just have some DR2 Hoosiers that we're going to run. Nothing, nothing crazy. Oh, and then how can I forget Longhorn Fab uh, traction bars on here. And then we also have a diesel performance converters fill over there we got four converters that we can bring uh and then the only other thing i left out on the engine is we do have armor ink uh solid or semi-solid motor mounts ashley got a setup over there those are a top-notch product as well other than that i mean with the exception of the engine we're pretty much all in-house uh since the last time we talked i've tried my hand at transmission building and i can actually do okay. Uh, valve body's not quite there yet, but we're getting there every day. Um, and we're just trying to lighten up the truck. We're going to tear out most of the interior, but make sure we can put it back if we need to. Uh, and we're going to try to get this thing down to like 6,300 pounds for May. Uh, and then obviously get on the drag strip and make sure that everything that we changed works well. But as far as the sled pole setup, the dyno setup, we're, we're pretty dialed in. And I just want to pull up a chair and just watch it all go together. Like that, there's so much going on. And it's so cool. Yeah, no, it's definitely <clears throat> a lot of late nights and, and that's, you know, on social media, you, you see everyone make posts and it's cool. Like one of my favorite guys, I, I love turbo Tom. Uh, he's a YouTube guy out in Pennsylvania, I think. And he built a truck, it, right? Yeah. It, it's very similar to me. Like he got freedom to build the engine. I think John Muldoon builds his transmissions, but, he did all his ch chassis work. I think he did like a 799 cage, 25.6. Um, and he did it all himself. And I respect that guy um, because he, he did it all himself. And it really resonates here because everybody sees the truck go fast or make a cool dyno pass or sled pull really well. And there's this whole other side of it, of getting it there. And if I'm being honest, the build for me is sometimes more fun than the actual uh competing like competing is fun i love seeing uh i know every year ucc i dedicate two hours on the first day and i walk around to all the vendors and i get all the t-shirts i need for the next year so i mean 2020 really screwed up my wardrobe pretty <laughs> hardcore. but i love seeing all the people and even the old 12 valve the companies i used to run with like uh, i love going to see patty hazley uh and, and if the shy people are there i i like still you know, going there and seeing everybody and it, it's always a good time. So 
like you were saying with the Hoosier Diesel guy, you better be there, Patrick, because yeah. <laughs> we're bringing a Traeger, and I'm convincing my buddy from Maryland to come out, and that's all he does is he he smokes a lot of a lot of meat and chicken and all that, and I'm hoping he'll chef for us the whole weekend. Food will always get me to go places. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm starting to get peer pressure now with the uh, yeah. TCC. <laughs> I mean, what, what else? I mean, I've been through Colorado. You need a break from the high elevation. Maybe you, <laughs> or, you know, you could go for a run down there and feel like a track star. That's true. Yeah, it's it's always nice to be closer to sea level. I'm like, man, I could breathe. Even the trucks like it. You know, yeah. that's that's a huge thing. You know, everybody, you know, is quick to comment on certain ways the trucks behave and how they start. Like six thousand feet. When I first moved to Cedar City, I'd walk up the stairs and I was out of breath. And your body feels it. I guarantee you the truck does. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. One one cool thing, I didn't even realize this until I drove my truck this weekend. I got to 8,000 feet of elevation. It actually shuts the emission system off while you're above a certain elevation because it kills the truck that bad. Wow. Um, so if the factory is putting it in their ECM, I guarantee you they run better. So we we train up here at 6,000 feet, and then at UCC, everything spools a little nicer. It's a lot cleaner, so it's always a good time down there. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. And I, I wanted to um, – the people that are watching on YouTube or listening on a podcast app, they're going to be like, man, I got to see this. I got to see this truck. I want to see what Josh is doing. Where's the, where's the best place to find you on social media, and then how do people find your channel on YouTube? Yeah, so on social media – uh, I am on Facebook. I don't post a ton on Facebook. It's just my name, Joshua McCormack. Uh, it'll be a picture of me and my son. Um, on Facebook, or sorry, Instagram, I'm just a common rail 24V, as in Victor. Uh, have a decent following there. Not huge, but it's there. Uh, I get a lot of guys that message me. I get about 30 to 40 a day. I try to answer them for like one hour every day. I dedicate to just answering. So if you don't get an answer from me right away, it's not that I hate you or don't like you. I'm just trying to, <laughs> trying to balance life, you know. Yeah. Uh, and YouTube is something I started uh, end of October. Um, it is Horse Torques Diesel, uh, and it's spelled like Horse Torques with an S and then Diesel. Um, that YouTube stuff has really taken off. Um, a lot of thank yous to be there, too. Like Turbo Tom helped me out quite a bit. Uh, Weston Champlin's helped, especially with titling and stuff. Greg A has been helpful trying to get it all set up. So, yeah, if, if you want to see most, uh, like, the Enforcer engine builds on there, a lot of the upgrades on this truck are going on there slowly. Um, and then the 07, basically from start to where it is now, everything is documented. The blown head gasket. The compound turbos, we tested like five or six different turbo setups on it. And then um, I dedicated a whole six-part episode to all the way from cleaning your block to measuring it with like a dial board gauge, uh, outside mics, all the way to final assembly, first fire. And hopefully that'll serve people a good reference if they want to build their own engine. Um, you know, at least you know the tools you need and kind of what's involved. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the best youtuber or the best engine builder or anything but um it's out there for you guys to watch and i have no intentions of taking it down so if, if you want to catch out on all that and especially the the 05 coming up um youtube's where it's going to be at yeah, and we'll make sure and uh, we'll put a, a link on there as well so people finish the podcast they can head over and 
check out your channel and I appreciate you chatting with us today and, and catching us up from three years ago and, and where you started with the UCC 12 valve build. And, um, you know, it's been really exciting and, and, you know, inspirational to see what you've done, how far you've come and what you're doing in the industry, what you're doing for racing. And so we, we look forward to seeing what you keep on doing and uh, we subscribe to your YouTube channel and your Instagram. So appreciate your time today, Josh, and sharing with us all that you did and giving us a sneak peek at your UCC truck. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Patrick. Always a good time. Always an honor. Uh, keep up the good podcast, man. I, I really, I really do listen to every single one of them. And uh, I, I try to take away something good every time. Don't forget, Diesel fans, if there's any show suggestions that you have or you have questions, maybe something that we didn't touch on on an episode that you'd like us to ask, let us know. You can send us a direct message on Instagram. Just search the Diesel Podcast. The same goes for Facebook, or you can comment on one of our YouTube videos. And there's a lot of times, you know, if you guys ask it right away, we can reach out to the guest and reply in the comment or send it to a direct message. And a lot of our show ideas come from you guys. So we want to encourage you guys to keep sending us those, those suggestions. We've got a lot of them. We're, we're completely swamped with episodes of, that we're going to be doing. And a lot of them come direct from you guys for companies or for racers or topics that you want us to cover. And so we look forward to seeing what you guys send us and getting them onto the podcast. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.